Welcome back to the Suburban Siblings Podcast. I'm Matthew, and I'm here with my brother, Andrew. Say hi. Hi. We're so formal. Why are we so formal? Season two, we're changing it up a little bit. There you go. Okay, let me start off by introducing everyone to our new podcast concept of the Suburban Siblings Podcast. Um, Fundamentally, it's going to be a drink. Right now, it's a beer review podcast. Um, so we're going to stick to beer for a while, and then we'll hopefully later on move into other areas of the world. But each week, we'll both choose a beer we enjoy or would like to try that are both in the same category style of beer. Just something to keep in mind. Um, some beers we try will be widely known. Others will be hardly known. It all depends on what we want to drink each week. But anyways, we are kicking off with Belgian-style ales. Andrew, what are the two beers that we are going to be drinking today? I don't know why, but you sound like one of those uh, flight stewardesses, you know, when they're telling you to buckle your seatbelt and everybody's like, yeah, I'll be on my phone. <laughs> now, we'll be drinking Blue Moon and Goose Island Matilda. So Blue Moon is a Belgian-style wheat ale. Um, it's not technically in the exact same category as Matilda, which is a Belgian-style pale ale for a fundamental difference. One's a wheat beer, one's a pale ale, but they both have Belgian in the name, and that's what we're going with for the first podcast. Yeah, we're trying to bring Belgian to to our podcast right away. You know, we're trying to... I've heard a lot of um, references to Brussels and Belgium, and they're like, you know, America doesn't know how to make beer. Well... We're going to try them out, and then maybe one day we'll try real Belgium, Belgian nails. There you go. Go to Belgium and try them. Okay, so why don't we just start off with, we're going to start off with Blue Moon here, right? So why don't well, we you don't kick us? To, I mean, well, we could. let's kick it off with some Blue Moon. It's a well-known beer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well. Sorry, I'm trying to trying to get to my notes here about about the Blue Moon. Just so everybody knows, Blue Moon is a Coors product. It's made by Molson Coors Brewing Company in really? Denver, yeah, in Denver, Colorado. I'm pretty sure they moved it to Golden because that's where Coors is actually located at. Yeah, that's what it says here on the bottle. It's Golden, Colorado. Yeah, but I think I think. Blue Moon's actual like brewing thing is in downtown Denver. Are you pouring it right now? No, I was just looking at the bottle. Should we? Well, let's let's start off before we open it up. Why don't we look at the bottle here? Oh, too late. You heard it. Okay, well, I'll I'll look at the bottle <laughs> and give my opinion. Looks I'm, at it. Well, look from at looking it. at it, unlike the Matilda that we're gonna drink later, um, they're two very different bottle styles. This is a Belgian or also known as a heritage bottle. Is that what this interesting. is? Yeah, it's a it's it's a Belgian style bottle or more commonly known as a heritage bottle. It looks like where, a regular bottle to me. Yeah, but it's just a little bit of different. Usually these bottles have more than twelve ounces fluid ounces of beer in them. Um this one has three hundred and fifty five milliliters, which I believe is a little bit more than twelve fluid ounces. But it's a nice bottle. I I like the logo on it. It's clean. Yeah, it's pretty old school. Yeah, it's just a well-known bottle. Okay, so why don't we? Um, I have to find. You want to do the full my... pour thing? 
my bottle open. Like, yeah, so I'm gonna open up mine. I already opened mine. And then I, just for sake, I'm gonna pour it into a clean glass. Just so you know, this beer started from baseball. Really? Mm -hmm. What do you mean by baseball? What is that? So it started in Denver at Coors Field. I was reading about it a little bit. And I guess the head brewmaster brewed it at Coors Field in 1995, and they called it originally the Bellyside Wit. And then they quoted it later saying, it's a beer that's so good it comes once in a blue moon. So wait. I don't know if so that's they, real or if they're just faking it. But. They started brewing in 1995 in, in a baseball stadium. Yep. So where where do they brew now? Because it's not I think it's in somewhere in Denver. the Coors Field. Yeah, they, in Denver. they can't do it at Coors Field. I don't know. But okay. I do know that the, the brewmaster had just come back from Brussels with getting his degree in, in Belgian wheat ale or whatever and just brewed this. And then, Interesting. you know, it's become their staple beer. Okay. Well, it's it's an interesting, it's a very orangish, hazy color, which is kind of strange because it's it's a well it's a Belgian style wheat beer. Spelled weird. It's like wheat beer, which stands for white and beer. Um but usually well, they call them Belgian the, wit. Yeah. yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Wit beer? Because it it's like spelled W I T by B I E R. I think everybody pronounces it differently. I think it's based yeah. on your culture and background. Did you know though in Canada that it's actually um called Belgian Moon. Really? Yeah. Just because they don't wanna is it just like completely differently titled or does it still say Belgian no, Moon? It's like copyrighted in Canada as Belgian Moon. Interesting. You know, because they're okay, different. Well <laughs> let me just first do a little bit of a so this is a five point four percent alcohol by volume, mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting because usually Belgian style wheat beers are between a 4.8 and 5.6. So this is on a higher end than normal for most wheat beers. I don't. Again, then, I don't think it's a wheat beer. I think it was something else, but they call it a wheat beer because it's close. Yeah, that's what I've, that I've read about. And then I also can see that it has an IBU of about nine, which for anyone who doesn't know, an IBU is a bitter rating usually has to do with the hops put into it and normally these type of the type of beer that this is categorized as has a 10 to 17 IBU rating where this only has a 9. I didn't know so that. It's kind of interesting. So it it's a hazy oranges color which makes sense when they talk about orange peel in it. So let's see Yeah, what did we you get your from. orange peel? Your what is it? The Bacchanar Belsia orange wheel. Unfortunately, I did not go that far, but apparently it came from the with the Belgian wheats. They put lemon peels in it, and they were like, "Let's just make this an orange peel." I guess it it pairs pretty well. Well, because I think the um the beer itself is 
because it has like it's brewed with orange peels and I think coriander in it, mm-hmm. which is not normal for a Belgian white wheat beer. Okay. I'm not gonna lie, I, I could this. not find the recipe, so I'm guessing it's hidden, <laughs> protected by lock and key. It's not a bad beer. No, it's not a as citrus aftertaste. Well, yeah, you really do get that orange peel. I get a lot of that coriander. But it doesn't have a lot of... It has like a medium amount of carbonation. It's not overly carbonated. I think that's why I like just wheat beers in general. Because I I don't like a lot of carbonation. I think it kind of ruins... I like hide stuff. Like if you put too much carbonation in a beer, you're wasting your time. That's why I don't like pale ales. They're just hiding something, you know? But... This is definitely, you know, it's a very balanced beer. I think it's, you know, mass produced, but. Well, yeah, it's a widely known, internationally available, I think, beer. Oh, yeah. I got some good comments for you as we get around there. I do find it very interesting. I'm looking at it in the glass at this point. It really didn't pour with a much of a head when you poured it. Did you get some sort of foam on top there? Yeah, a little bit, but again, it came out of a bottle. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I just like to know what kind of because like foam texture does matter, but there wasn't really a foam texture. Yeah, I think it's funny. So I was looking. I like I like to read the the reviews of these, and one person I found two really good ones, and I looked mainly at Beer Advocate, which ranks this as their forty seven thousand eight hundred and fifth beer. So you know it's in the middle of the pack. Pretty low. Middle of the pack. There's there's quite a bit of beers out there. But it scored a 78. I don't know how they get that number. They explained it, but I didn't really care. Um, but the one of the one of the beer advocate reviews, which I thought was hilarious, and drinking it now kind of gives me a little bit of a understanding of what they're saying, but I still like it more. What's the review? Sorry, I need to get a good taste. Um, Bucks Wheat from Georgia gave it a 1.14 out of 5 on June 19, 2006. And Buck said, I'll, I'll just hit some of the highlights here. I can't remember the details since this is not memorable and flavorable anyway. <laughs> and then he said, it smelled like it's cheap very... perfume and tasted like I would imagine cheap perfume would taste. I don't. I don't get any perfume. I really. All I get when I smell it is I get a get citrus. Yeah, you get some citrus. You don't even tangy. get like grainy or bready, which is interesting because it is known as a wheat beer. Mm-hmm. So you'd think that it would have a heavier wheat taste or smell to it, but it really doesn't. I think it's a pretty good beer. It's pretty balanced. I don't know out of the bottle. I have had it out of a can before, and I think it's a little bit better. Just because I think the can keeps it cooler. Interesting. But I'll go on here. He continues to say, I could not slash would not finish one bottle. The remainder of the six pack my sister purchased is still at my parents' house in the fridge. And there it will remain until they pour it out on the patch of turf here in Georgia, where it would, where there is a watering restriction. I figure the grass will drink anything about now. (laughs) 
Interesting. Basically comparing it to just like shitty water, which I don't know what this guy's talking about because like this is like top of the line mass manufactured beer, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it's incredibly well. When I started first drinking beer a couple of years ago, it was one of the first beers you go to because you just you're aware of what it is. You know what it is. Yeah. And like it's a you, you, you see it on TV. And it's not one of those light beers that everyone drinks, like Budweiser, not Budweiser, but Bud Light and Miller Light. Mm -hmm. So Buckswee from Georgia, who gave it a 1.14 out of 5. I think you're sorely wrong. I think you might be spoiled in terms of the beer that you're drinking, but I do love your your perfect writing and explaining of what you thought of the beer. You did a great job. I think, though, that grass would just die from drinking this. Just saying. See, how I feel about it is that it doesn't have, like, too strong of a flavor. It doesn't have a lot of hops. It's not overly bitter. There, there's, It's a good baseline beer. I don't feel like a lot of people who have never drank beer, beer before are going to dislike it. Um, I think it's a good starting point for a lot of people. I don't know. I think if you still like beer, this should be one of the ones that you go back to. I mean, American beer yeah. style, if you really wanted like a high-quality beer, this is not what you're looking for. But if you're looking for a high-quality cheap beer, I think you know, this is where you go. This is what your, your bottom line is now. You can't go to Bud Light or Budweiser. Well, yeah, it's not particularly a cheap beer. It's... I think in the Midwest, it's about $10 for a six-pack of bottles. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably similar in the East Coast. But it's it's not overly offensive. It's not like it, it has a good, mild flavor, and it's something that would be enjoyable to drink. But it's not, let's say, something very specific that you would pick out because you like those flavors together. It's something yeah. that... You're going to a party and you want to make sure that everyone has something well, to drink. One thing I really appreciated when I was doing some research on Blue Moon is that they did food pairings, which I think is common. Like, Don't get me wrong. I, don't, I think every beer company tries to figure out what you can pair with it. They're picking seafood yeah. and Asian dishes or a marinated chicken. And I'm not going to lie. If I was going to pair this with something, I would almost think that a uh, like, like tacos. I think I would drink this with tacos. See, some type of Mexican what, what burrito. I, like when you said, when you said something like pad thai, that's one thing I would kind of disagree with because pad thai is a very um, mildly flavored dish. It doesn't have, like, even the sauce is not overly filled with spices or flavors that, like, I feel like this has such a strong flavor compared to a pad thai that it would kind of wash out the pad thai, which I think would be kind of unfortunate but like maybe like a marinated chicken that has something to play at the table i'm thinking something a little bit um, spicier i think what they're trying to do here with their pairing specifically is that they're trying to pair it with like a lime you know like the foods that you'd put lime on instead now you get your citrus yeah. from this beer which has a very good citrus aftertaste so yeah i i agree with you on that and it's also, it's not a, 
it just it has a good mild flavor. It's not something that's overly offensive in any way. And I could like it's not even that heavy. It's actually quite light of a beer. Also, good background here. Um so Blue Moon Brewery started in nineteen ninety five with their staple beer, Blue Moon. Since then they have produced thirty three different beers. Twelve of those were ales. One that I could count as a Pilsner, one as a stout, one as an IPA. And most recently, I mean, they have their honey ale, honey ale but um, most recently they've Ooh. come out with an iced coffee blonde, which if anybody can find that in New York City, please let me know. I would love to try it. I'm a coffee person. What would the, I wonder what that would taste I've like. had coffee beers before, especially blondes. It's usually like a lot of sugar. They're trying to like get across the taste. There was one that I tried in college a lot. Um, they made like a graham cracker one. It was delicious. But you can only have so many of them. It was like those root beer, not your father's root beer ones. Or it tasted like root beer. But I've actually never had don't one. Don't drink it. No, really. It's it never seemed sugar. that interesting. Really? Also, they have recipes. When I was looking for the recipe for this beer, I couldn't find it. But they have recipes for uh, making drinks with Blue Moon, which I'm probably going to try after this. The one uh, that I saw. Yeah, like a, cocktail? Like a cocktail with Blue Moon and like fruits and a different alcohol. They have a Blue Moon julep. I know they do that with Coronas. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that sounds so interesting. I'm going to try that later. Well, because I'm guessing... Since it's a julep, it contains mint in it. Would I be mint, wrong to assume that? Bourbon, blue moon. I don't know. I I just saw it. it and I'm like, I'm, I I do think, it. honestly, you you mentioned bourbon. I think bourbon would actually be like usually you don't pair beers with other alcohols, but like honestly, I think like some bourbon on the side of this beer would go really nicely well, with it. I'm not going to lie. I think we're starting to get to the point where people are overdoing it with beers, where we're going to have to start combining beer and alcohol. Like It's kind of like the wine and Coke thing. Have you ever heard of this, wine and Coke? Never heard of that. I forgot what the name of it is, but my my best friend's wedding, everybody was drinking these for no reason. I have no idea. I wasn't drinking it, but uh, wine and Coke, I guess it's a, it's a big time drink. Doesn't sound like it'd be good. No, it's not good. But I guess the the sweetness of Coke and the dryness of like a wine would might mm-hmm. work. I don't know. Maybe one day we'll try it on this podcast. I do have another beer advocate, uh, funny, bad review. Um, okay. I'll just hit the highlights again. But it was uh, T French eight nine eight five out of Connecticut. On June twenty second, two thousand eight, gave it a one point six out of five. I don't, I don't get this. Like, Blue Moon's such a popular beer, and just out of one day, you're just like, you know what? I'm gonna write a, ter- a terrible review about this beer. <laughs> just throw it up on this website. I feel it comes from the whole fact that we all like very specific things, and when you do get into your like niche of the craft beers that you enjoy, you start to hate on the more popular. Mm-hmm. big brands so like i personally do hate on a couple of the light brands but um that's because i've discovered beers mm-hmm. that i personally like better everybody's so i feel like that's something oh, yeah. that's happening here you yeah. gotta enjoy it somehow 
even if it's like this. I bet we'll find some beers out there oh, that yeah. we'll dislike. I'm ready for those stouts. <laughs> anyway. See, I'm not the one. Well, let's talk about the sours let's are the talk ones about that scare French me. 8985. T French 8985 said, I really didn't think I would like this beer since I first looked at it. And then goes on to say, Really? That's a really, really oh, aggressive yeah. thing. Like, to just say. knowing right away. Like, did you start writing this in your head when you first looked at it? I don't know. Goes on to say, Tasted like Blue Moon didn't put any effort into their product. The smell didn't impress me either. This beer all around just wasn't up to par. I saw a lot of comments that said, I think I got a bad batch. But this guy just straight up says, it was a bad product. (laughs) I've drank Blue Moon a couple times in my life, and I don't think I've ever gotten a bad batch. I don't know. I think people are just hating on it for no reason. Like, it's not an offensive beer. It has some flavor there. It's not my, it wouldn't be my go-to beer, but mm-hmm. you you see them, people are drinking this at, um, what, baseball games and football games. This is, this is like a, a stable beer. Yeah. Popular beer. The next one that we're going to be yeah. drinking, it's, I think it's is no- also a baseball beer, but not this specific one, but. Definitely Blue Moon. It's something you take out on a sunny day. I don't think it's like a winter beer, I'll say that. Yeah. Which I think most wheats are usually winter beers, but. Well, what do you describe a winter beer as? You mean like more heavy? Yeah, it's heavier. It probably has more alcohol in it because alcohol makes you warm because you have to break it down faster. I guess, yeah. So then, yeah, I wouldn't really consider this a winter beer either. I I like it. I enjoy it. but yeah, I guess, yeah, I wouldn't see it as a winter beer either. It's not something I'd drink in the cold. Other news, really quick. I just want to hit all of my, my stuff. I found an article. Just looking up, you know, basic news about the brewery, about the beer. Um, apparently Coors, specifically Blue Moon, has partnered with Superbird to make an RTD premium spirit. Basically, it's making like a, a White Claw called like those those watered down vodka things seltzers Seltzers. but it's like a premium one it's like a sparkling wine i don't know i just i I haven't tried it yet but i've seen it around so i think that's going to be one of one of our next ones maybe try these uh premium spirits it's basically a beer but with more water in it well, technically, yeah, seltzers are a form of beer, but we can get into that later. Okay, so you wanna do give it a rating? Yeah, let me let me get a good good whiff. You know, it's really I learned this with wine. You you sniff it, you take a drink of it without breathing, and then you take a nice whiff sniff and a drink or whatever all at once. You were there when we learned this. I yeah. I would say that that last sip I just had right there kind of like like it really gave me a better look cuz like when I sniff it you really get that citrus but you don't get a lot of citrus with the taste of the aftertaste. It's really just yeah. in the aroma. I'm going to I'm going to give it a a left field triple A2. That's my rating. Interesting. It's got a little bit of baseball no, in it. I don't really know how I... 
don't know how I would rate this one. See, I'm thinking more like a 42C. 42C? All right. It's a little basic, but it's got that crisp, you know? Yeah, it's not... It, I would enjoy this on a nice warm day. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, you know, you, you over-crisped it. That's what you're giving. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, why don't we... I'm not done with Move my beer yet. Here. I kind of want to get drunk for this next one. <laughs> Getting drunk on podcasts. Isn't that great? Let, well, why don't you, while you finish your beer, I will. You should just take a break, you know, quick. No, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to start talking about the next one here, because our next beer is Matilda from Goose Island. Um, unlike Blue Moon, it's not that well-known of a beer. It's very... Kept under wraps, I guess I would say. Didn't they First just off, brew Goose it, Island like, last year. I really, I don't know. They, I couldn't find that kind of information online, but I know that it, it, it's not a, it's not an old beer. It's a, it's a more brand new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not well known. Um, it's also Wait, not well really known. It? It's not well known. Not well known. All right. So not a lot of people know. Um, no, I doubt a lot of people in Chicago where Goose Island Brews knows about it. But, um, yeah, I'll just get into it while you keep finishing your beer there. So I'm ready to go. Oh, I'm a little far behind you here. Um, so the next one, of course, is Goose Island, Matilda. It's a Belgian-style ale, which, more specifically, it's a Belgian-style pale ale, which is a little different from Blue Moon. Um, Wait, it doesn't say pale ale. No, it doesn't on here. It says Belgian style ale on the bottle, but it is actually categorized as a Belgian style pale ale. Is it because there's um, like a pale taste to it? I don't know. Well, we're gonna find out, but that that that's from my research when I went deep diving into actual styles of beer is what I got down to. Which doesn't it, it has a little bit of a difference. So like this is more of a um gold to copper color where our blue moon is more of a hazy orangish color. I don't know really how to categorize it. But um something good and interesting to know is that the Belgian style pale ales are actually inspired by British pale ales. Mm, I didn't know that and something British like created it. Did British create pale ale? I don't think so, but the another style of beer is British pale ale. Mm. Um well, I just assume all of Europe created beer first. So when I hear British style pale, <laughs> I'm like, okay, so it's real, you know? <laughs> yeah. They didn't just make it out Something... of like all the West Coast of the United States. Yeah. Something I found interesting is actually Belgian style pale ales are usually in lower, have lower alcohol contents, which is kind of surprising since this has a 7% alcohol by volume. Well, I think that's why so they, it's actually, they call it net nail. I, maybe. But like usually these are in like the 4 to 6% tower range, and this is in the 7, so it's actually quite high for what it normally would be. They're probably um, going for because they want to sell it, you know, make more people drunk. <laughs> maybe, I guess. Sometimes I think that's, but, that's what they're trying to go for, most of these beer companies. 
They're like, okay, how can we get these people drunk as fast as possible but spend the most on our beers? Yeah. Well, this one would do it. It is a higher percentage alcohol rating and it is a more expensive beer. But interestingly enough, I, I'm just going off the bottle now because if, like, if you look at these bottles, Goose Island has this really nice, sleek way of um, branding their bottles. So you have a normal um, industry standard Amer- North American long neck bottle, which holds about 12 ounces of um, um, liquid. Um, but their labels are very sleek and like matte. Um, they really get the idea across. Mm-hmm. But something I didn't get in my research about it is that on the bottle it says it on the back that in the it has Matilda develops in the bottle over five years and contains live yeast sediment may form, so they aged these in this bottle for five years, mm. which I didn't know and I can't find that when I was doing my research online even on their website it didn't state that which I find really interesting. So this bottle alone is five years old. You think that's like a health concern? No, because they're probably sanitized on the outside before they put labels on them. Well, that just means that it's living through COVID right now. I'm just saying. Yeah. I do like that they use the the Chicago flag a little bit. I think their Photoshop job on their Matilda uh, label here is pretty basic. They should hire like a... What do you mean by basic? Well, so what they did here is that they did the, the, the circles, but then they used a very specific pattern um, that you find in Photoshop a lot, which has to do with like gravel. It looks like they're trying to do like a circular thing where you're like falling into like a dream or something. Well, actually this brings up something I looked into that. So the Matilda beer is actually, I don't know if I would say based off of, but it's inspired by something called Trappist ales. Which a Trappist ale is a beer that is brewed in a brewery that is located within the walls of a Trappist alley, which is like a monastery, fundamentally. So they went to a so monastery it, and made this. <laughs> or that's the idea. Well, I don't of it. think that it's in, it's inspired by that. So like you can buy Trappist ales now, um, and they're basically brewed under supervision of Trappist monks, um, and like. They, this uses the exact same yeast as Trappist ales do, where it, it gives it the, when we when we open this up and smell it, it's supposed to have the aroma of a sour beer and the flavor of a sour beer, but you don't get any of that acidity because there's no, um, I don't remember what it's called, but there, there's not that sour, fl- um, the chemical that makes it sour. But yeah, so it's made by Trapp- Trappist. It's inspired by Trappist Ales, which have, I think it is, I didn't write this down, so don't quote me on it, but I think it is some sort of geometric shape, like yeah. a, I guess it would be a hexagon or something, that, and that is the way that they, um, they put it, it's only allowed to be on Trappist Ales, and that's how you know it is a f- actual Trappist Ale. So, like, when I look at this, I kind of see, like, a very rounded hexagon on here, which I think is kind of interesting. Hexagon um, has three or six sides. This has like yeah, one, two, three, sides. one, two, three. <laughs> well, if you look at the really small one right underneath the Matilda, yeah, it kind of looks like that's a hexagon. So, like, maybe that's something. Maybe I'm reading into it too much, but I thought that was kind of. I was going to say, I think it's okay. interesting that it says alluring. So, like, the whole idea is that you want to 
you know, go into this beer. Maybe, maybe it has something to do with that alley aspect. But, oh, are you pouring it already? I never thought about that. No, I'm 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 gonna open this baby up. I'm not gonna lie, I don't like Goose Island's new logo. The goose looks like the goose is like really? having trouble, like it's ready to throw up. Sorry, Goose. Island. I personally do like it. I think yes, the actual goose is kind of simplistic and a little weird. Pouring out. Oh. Exploded. Oh, I have to clean this up. We 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 had one, we had one little spill already. But uh, I think the like that the actual goose is kind of simplistic and boring looking. But I I the rest of the design of the the um I guess the sticker on it. So for anyone who couldn't tell, I'll probably leave an edit in there. But Andrew opened up his bottle and discovered that it sprayed everywhere. So we had to pause a little bit and let him clean up before we continue. Not an amateur. But, I know what I did wrong. Will probably happen again. <laughs> it probably will. But I was saying before you cut me off that I, I I like the labels on their bottles. They're very simplistic and nice looking. Where some beers like nice. Blue Moon is, there's a lot going on, and this one's very matte and simplistic. I guess. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna open mine, and I'm not gonna spill it everywhere. Well, I will say the reason you know. Is because I was spinning this beer around, and I think you know it was a little bit of a shake to it. Well, I haven't tasted it yet, but I, I do smell it. I'm not a seasoned brewer of many years. I've only been home brewing for a little while now, but I guess maybe since it is aged in the bottle for five years with live yeast that some of them can have a tendency to overcarbonate as well. I don't know. How does carbonation or come maybe into you're play? Just... Well, so I'm guessing how they did it. I don't know exactly because, you know, they don't all reveal how they do things, but they probably did a secondary fermentation where they brewed their beer in large brewing vessels. And then when they poured them into their bottles, they added a little bit extra sugar and then sealed them up, and that would create a secondary fermentation that would create carbonation. So you've already poured yours because you made a mess, but I'm gonna pour mine into my glass. I, think right I have now. a second beer here. I can. I came prepared for this issue. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the color is. More of an amber than the blue moon. The blue moon, you really do get like an orange because of the haziness. It does have a yellowish color. I'm not gonna color, lie. When I say copper, I always think of amber. I've I've never seen a true copper looking beer. I've only seen amber. Yeah, well, because there's so much light that can pass through it that it's really hard to get like true copper. But it is very light. But it does have that amberish color to it it also has some really fast moving bubbles which is interesting yeah it's very fast just try it i haven't tried it yet you doing a sniff test i'm gonna well you should always whenever you drink or eat anything you should smell what you're eating or drinking first because that allows you to get the most flavors out of it when you actually done the starburst test no what's that you give somebody a starburst and they're holding their nose shut they don't see the color and you ask them yeah, oh, their eyes are closed. You ask them, what is the taste? And then they usually say something that's not the taste of it. 
Interesting. Maybe we'll have to try it one day. So did you just try yeah. it? So like what I got the first the this first sip that I took, I got a little bit more bitterness than the blue moon, which makes sense because it is, I believe, a twenty eight on the IBU yeah, rating, the which is wow. sorry, twenty six. It's quite higher than the nine of Blue Moon. So it does have more of a hoppy flavor to it. Which I'm is not gonna lie, it's, different. it's the pale. That's what's getting me. What do you mean by the pale? Like I'm okay with an ale, but it's really like a flat ale. Like the hops aren't really there. So it's not a true IPA. Definitely not. Or pale mm-hmm. ale, but it's flat. Flat. I can't really put a finger on it. It's like they they maybe brewed it for too long. Well, it did sit for five years, but it does have a higher alcohol content. I'm actually surprised. Not really. I've had this before, but it's been a while since I last drank it. When I looked at the alcohol percentage, it's a seven percent, which is quite high for most beers. I don't get much of any like noticeable alcohol taste out of it or even from the aroma i don't really smell alcohol or taste alcohol do you get anything from that uh i do get a little bit of alcohol i think that's where i'm i'm getting the whole it's not it doesn't have like a kick to it it's really flat and i think that's where i'm getting the alcohol taste to it i mean it's only seven percent usually like anything below ten percent the alcohol doesn't really affect like your smell but i think it's because it's flat See, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand what you say when you mean flat. Do you really mean flat as in the carbonation level, or do you mean flat as in flavor? Like usually, when there's carbonation, they're trying to mask the the fact that the taste is flat. But I mean, I think it's a great beer. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I would pick it as my number one. I'd pick the the Blue Moon over this if I was at a, a bar. Interesting. Sorry, I'm, I'm just trying the- to like I'm tasting the blue moon and the Matilda and trying to like form a difference. I do get more of a I would say stagnant or stagnant aftertaste. It sticks around a lot longer than the blue yeah. moon does, which is interesting. Maybe that's bitterness. Well, I actually, I I might, now that I've kind of done the research on this, I think it might be from that yeast. Yeah. It's called a Brett yeast, like actually like a right. name, Brett. Um, but I do kind of get the flavors, like the flavor and the aroma of a sour beer without that acidity. I do kind of I do wonder where, where that taste name that. comes from, Brett. You think it's just like a... Well, the actual name... Oh, I don't know about that, but the actual name of it is like Brett Anamasis or something. Oh, I just can't pronounce those, it. Those chemist things. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you taste your beer a little bit more? I have been and my beer. It's all over my I'll, lap. I'll give. I'll. I'll go about a little. <laughs> it's in your lap. Um, I'll go out a little about a history about the brewery and I guess the beer yeah. as well. So, Goose Island was founded in 1988, which I think is about 10 years before Blue Moon was founded. 
Yeah, that too. But I think also about 10 years since Blue Moon was founded, because Blue Moon was founded in... Yeah, so about five, eight years. Um, but So yeah, it was founded in 1988 by a man named John Hall. By a man named John Hall, who decided to take a tour around Europe. And this is oh, that's cool. how they describe it on the Goose Island website. A tour around Europe, pint by oh, pint. This guy's a drunk. Um, I I have no clue. I don't I know. He can handle his alcohol. Maybe. Well. Yeah, maybe. But he would savor multiple styles and selections of each region um, and came to the conclusion that America deserves some damn fine beer like this, too. Quoted right off the webpage. Um, and this is back in the 80s when craft brewing wasn't widely popular or known about so john hall decided to try and change that and he came back to chicago his hometown and decided it's a perfect city job, for craft because chicago chicago does it's well known it it does we do have rapidly changing mm-hmm. tastes when it comes to beer in this city and that's why um goose island as just a company in general changes and has a lot of rotating drafts like a lot I think their actual beer catalog is in the hundreds now, but not all of it's I'm not going to lie. The only city in the United States I've been to that has more beer than Chicago is Buffalo, New York. And I think it really? has something to do with the cold because I almost think Milwaukee also kind of has that tradition too. But Johnny over here, you know, trying to make some craft beers, that, that was ballsy, you know, in the 80s. Oof. Yeah. Well, and especially since I, I've never thought about it, but when you actually think about the fact that we have the largest freshwater system on the planet, it's not a bad place. I mean, it's to not tainted at all. Well, the rivers are, the <laughs> lake, not so much. That, that one dug deep. Oh, not as bad <laughs> as the, the Hudson River here in New York. Um, <laughs> but, but I will say, I'm trying to like. I look at, because on the website, they give a different characterization and description of this beer than they do on the bottle. And I'm kind of intrigued by it, and I want to know what you think. I'm kind of going to okay. read a snippet of it, or what I've you reworded. reworded it? But on the website, they, yeah, on their website, they call it a beer that is wild in character. It is a complex ale with dried fruit and clove aromas with a satisf- satisfying dry finish. You I get that get out of this beer? Fruit. I'm not going to lie. I think, you know, if you've ever had dried fruit, like a, a raisin, or something that's actually dehydrated, raisins aren't the best because they still leave a little bit of a juice in it. But, like, any type of dried fruit, I get that out of here. Maybe that's where, where I get that. Because really? I get... Taste. I'm getting the... I'm getting the, the, the taste of dried fruit but i'm really not getting the aroma of it which is what they 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 talk about it being more of a smell instead of a actual taste and i get more of it out of the taste than i do out of the smell but i do see i do definitely see the dry finish on it it does have a dry finish and i feel like if you really got rid of that carbonation this would be a very dry beer to drink well, and that's where I think I say it's flat because it's really bitter, and I think that's where they're getting this wild idea of it. I think it's alluring, 
like they say. I think it's complex, but I don't. I, I think they need a little bit more carbonation to mask the fact that it's it's very flat in general, in my my opinion. I think it's a great beer though. Definitely something that's probably gonna stick around in Chicago for a while. I'm surprised I found it in New York. I'm surprised you found it too. That was quite a surprise. Because it's not that easy to find in Chicago because they don't like like it it, it the, Goose Island is based out of Chicago, so all of the beers that they offer are offered in Chicago. But they they only sell them in six packs of bottles, which is quite unusual for Goose Island because they are known as a can. Really? I thought they were because I've only found bottles. Well, well, maybe because you're in New York, but like they sell their 312, their flagship beer mm-hmm. in bottles, but everything else they sell in cans. I've never found other than Matilda. It's the only other beer I've found that they sell in bottles. But surprisingly, like when I first got this, um, it was actually kind of expensive when I thought about it because you can usually buy a 15 pack of cans. Yeah. Um, of go- any Goose Island beer for maybe about $12, $13. This six-pack of bottles costs about $14. Well, I bet you and they only sell the bottle them has something to do with um, recycling because it's harder to recycle cans than it is to recycle bottles. Well, I think they put it in a bottle for the fact that they aged yeah. it in the bottle if I didn't know that they didn't age it in a bottle, like that explains why it's a higher price. And that kind of explains why it's in a bottle because in a can, you do have the possibility over long periods of time of that protective plastic coating that's inside the bottle that protects the drink from the aluminum um, kind of wrote away. And if that happens, the aluminum will leach into the drink, um, which can give an off flavor. So I think that's maybe why they did a bottle because you really can't, you don't have that chance. But um, go a little bit more. Surprisingly, okay, so something they did not put on the website is pairings, which is quite interesting because most beers you always have a pairing with. Well, I think it's a bigger, do. like a beer company. Um, but Goose Island, I think, you know, they're, yeah, they try and pair everything with sports. I know that most sports, if you go to any stadium, you'll see Goose Island. Yeah, I would see that. I don't know if I would drink Matilda at a sports event. Maybe like a sports bar. But then again, it's, it's made in a bottle, so you probably can't get it in draft. Well, I do think, because I I, as I keep trying it, like I do get more and more flavor out of it each time. And I think that this is more of a beer that you can't just like drink. Mm-hmm. It's something that you do have to kind of savor and enjoy, because otherwise you won't get the full flavors. And if you're spending... $14 on a six pack when most Goose Island is cheaper than that for a 15 pack. I feel like you really should spend the time and just savor the flavors. Yeah. You know, sometimes taste doesn't mean that you have to savor it. It just means enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, and also as I'm drinking it now, I do kind of get like a dry wine aftertaste. Yeah, out I think of that's it. the you dried that? berries or not berries. Yeah. Just, uh, I think wild before i kind of i want to think of like a wild berry a wild berry 
See, be, yeah, like a dried wild berry. For me, before when I tried it, it kind of like that aftertaste was more of a hoppy flavor. And now that I've sipped it for a while and have thought about it, it kind of is more of like a dry wine-ish flavor. So more of a fruity yeah. flavor. I'm starting to get like a luxury from it. Yeah. Because, you know, they have the purple label, which basically just means that it's Royalty. luxury. Royalty. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm going to keep going here and tell you that, surprisingly, when I did search what it pairs with on Google, um, I got some weird things. And one of the things that it described is that this would go really well with fresh mussels, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, I don't remember the last time I've had a muff mussel, but I have a faint feeling that they were very salty. So I think that's really intriguing for this to be with a very salty dish. And then it also had yeah. rich pork belly completely on the opposite side of fresh mussels. And then cheeses like camber or cam, cam, I don't know how to say it and washed dried cheeses. So like a very soft or very moldy type of cheese. It goes well with. Yeah, I was about to say, like, something that you could put on a cracker. Yeah. Like, I was going to pair this, you know. I, I was thinking of wine, too, a little bit, once you kind of brought up the luxury stuff. I was thinking, you know, if you had a good cheese spread on a cracker. Or some, like, nuts, those, something to give you a nutty or yeah. a salty flavor, I think it would go really well with. Mm -hmm. hmm. Like a non-dessert version of a, a what's it called? Um. What are those things that mom makes at Christmas and Thanksgiving? Oh, her little, like, baked bread covered in crab and cream cheese. That could be one, but no, I was thinking of uh, the Italian dessert. Oh, cannolis. Cannolis, yeah, but like something that's not as sweet. Like a creamy-filled cracker. Well, maybe like a more basic version of a cannoli because american cannolis are very sweet but if you don't get into the sweetened aspects of it it can be a very savory dish mm -hmm. that's something i think goes with this this is like an after dinner beer one of those ones where well, you're just going to get a little bit of a, a tip from it and well enjoy it probably not drive home i do interestingly enough get kind of a I guess you would say a dessert wine kind of feel out of it without the sweetness of a dessert wine. Cause it, yep. cause it does have that dry flavor to it, which isn't bad, but it, a dessert wine is usually sweeter. It does have about the same amount of alcohol as more of a dessert wine would have. Oh yeah. So honestly, now that I'm kind of looking at this, I kind of feel like it is a wine that wants to be a beer. Yeah. It's like a barley wine. Yeah. Maybe they got this wrong. Maybe they, they're trying to go for Belgian and they really just, you know, hit barley wine right on the head. Yeah, maybe. I, I do enjoy it, though. It has some very complex flavors in it that I do kind of enjoy. There's another name on the label. A rustic complex and alluring. You're, you're saying complex. Did you? Did you take your vitamins today? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to go back and forth here between the Blue Moon and the Matilda and see the differences here. So what what could you rate this beer? It's another hard one. 
it is a lot lighter. It is now now that I've drank both again, the blue moon is a little bit heavier. But the blue moon has a lot more easy to pick out flavors where the Matilda definitely does have some complex hiding flavors in there. So I guess honestly I have to rate it like in the high 60 A's. 60 A's? I don't know. I can't Whoa. give you like a specific, so I don't know. But That's a high I, number I do there. I enjoy it. But at the end of the day, I would say that out of the both of these, if you're going to want something that you're just going to want to drink, a Blue Moon is definitely a better option, where a, a Matilda is something that you have to sit and sip and sit with. It's not something you're drinking when you're yeah. drunk off your ass. It's something that you're sitting and having like a intellectual conversation with a friend. Yeah, this is like a one, one and done beer, in my opinion. Definitely a well, high I could see there. that. I could see it being a one and done because it does have a really high alcohol content. So by the time you're done drinking it, you do have a slight buzz and you're ready to move on to something mm -hmm. that's not going to make you fall over. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know if I want another beer after this. Just Maybe it's because I had the, the wheat beer before. Yeah. And, you know, those are pretty filling. But if I was going to rate this one, I'd probably give it a... A G77. Interesting. It's pretty high. It feels... It, it feels like it's it's worth worth the beer. Worth the time. Definitely a good beer to end our, our podcast on. Sure. See, I, I wasn't expecting that out of you. I thought you would... I, I thought you would dislike this beer. I, I, I don't think it's a beer that I'm going to jump for. Yeah. Say that. Like, if I was going into the store to get a craft beer, and I saw Matilda, and I know based on my past experience with Matilda, I'm probably not going to get it. But if I was walking into a store trying to impress somebody that I was like, oh, we should get this beer, like, it'll be a good, like, night beer, nightcap type beer, I would definitely get it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I am just staring at it in the glass at this point, and Matilda also is still bubbling, where the Blue Moon has definitely subsided with the bubbles, which is interesting. I'm getting a little bit of bubbles, but not much. I already drank my Blue Moon, so... Well, I've drank about half. I drink a little slower than you do. Well, okay, well, why don't we do some final thoughts here? So, let, let, let's start... I want to kind of break it down a little bit deeper, but let's start and just look at... I hope you both have both of the bottles still in front of you there. Oh, I got two more beers here. I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay. Well, well why don't we just backwards. look at both of the bottles? And I, I want to get your thoughts just looking at the both of them. What, which, which one out of the two would you say is something that would grab your attention more? Something that you would look at between the two of them and, and without knowing the beer or knowing the brand or knowing anything, you would more likely pick this one over the other one just based on the labeling and the branding of the bottle. Yeah. Branding. All right. Um, well, I have a little bit of background in branding. I took classes in it. I'm an architecture, so we work mainly on branding of buildings. But I'm not going to lie right now. If you walked up to a building and it was all dark, 
It was purplish. It kind of had this feel of like falling. You're probably not going to go towards it. It's like a government building. Like you just you walk away from it. It's it's just okay. bad. Um, Blue Moon, on the other hand, if I saw that one, it's welcoming. It's light. It it looks like it's standing up like a a soldier. I think I would I would go see it. I'll go hang out with it. So I'd probably grab really? the Blue Moon right away. See, I I look yeah. at it differently. The Matilda. The style and the, the like the bottle in general is a is a cleaner style to me, and the logo and everything's a lot cleaner to me. And the matte finish, I really do enjoy. Maybe it's I I feel like the Matilda is more created for a younger generation, where the Blue Moon is definitely created for an older generation. And I'm quite surprised mm-hmm. that you didn't feel that kind of way about the matilda because you are a millennial and i'm not and i kind of feel like the matilda screams millennial energy and the blue moon screams <laughs> later generation energy i think it has something to do with my uh my attention to design. yeah well we're all, we're all different yes. we all have good opinions so we, we we looked at the how the bottles look and let, let, let's just do a little overview of the taste and aroma again I feel like we kind of did break it down already, but out of the both of these, I'm going to take a guess and say that you would definitely go for that blue moon over the Matilda at the end of the day. Am I right? Yeah, I'm probably going to go with the blue moon um, just because it's a familiar taste to me, and I'm not really looking for a wine taste when I'm going to Understandable there. there. Yeah, I think I... Honestly, I, I can't make... A, difference of the tune the blue moon is something that i do enjoy and the matilda is also something that Mm -hmm. i kind of enjoy but they're definitely very different beers and very different situations are needed for them oh yeah definitely different but i am a goose island lover so at Mm -hmm. the end of the day i do kind of love goose island a little bit more just because they're my favorite beer company but i i do see both of these beers as being good beers. There's something that someone in a middle range could definitely enjoy. These are definitely unbiased opinions. <laughs> well, there's always a little bit of bias in everything, but at the end of the yep. day... I, I will say I had a good experience in Denver in my time, and I had a great experience in Chicago in my time there. However, my bias is definitely not affecting this at all. <laughs> at the end of the day... <laughs> You have to make the decision for yourself, and for a lot of people, Blue Moon is a little bit more accessible, so they're going to go for the Blue Moon. But, you know, whatever you want to drink is what you should drink. Don't change your opinions because someone else likes your drink. Drink what you want to drink, but definitely get out there and try different beers. Oh, yeah. I want to do what Johnny did. I want to go all over Europe and try a bunch of beers and decide, you know, I'm going to bring something to America. A laughing stock of beers in the world. True. And uh, probably not make beer because that's a really tough profession. Yes, yes, it is. I'm one of the siblings. And I'm the other. I hope you all enjoy us again next week for another episode of the Suburban Siblings Podcast.